Amen. Remain standing as we go to our scripture reading, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 and 20. Sorry, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. We're there. Say amen. 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 Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat of the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word. Good day, everyone. It's a beautiful summer day, and we've been enjoying a very nice summer so far. It hasn't been too hot. We've been getting plenty of rain regularly, and gardens are growing, and things are looking good, but unfortunately not in the world we live in. But the good news is we have a great God we can turn to, a great God we can serve. And I'm so encouraged hearing everybody here today because what I'm speaking on is what everyone has been voicing so far this morning, and that's attitude. Attitude. And there's an old saying, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's called attitude is altitude. Altitude. And Isaiah is picking up on this in chapter 1 here. I love verse 18 because God is, God is reasonable. He says, come now, let us reason together. God wants us to know exactly what's going on and exactly what he wants to do for us. And what a promise he presents in chapter 18. Though your sins are, be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is faithful, isn't he? He wants to do this work for us. But he can't do it without our cooperation. And that's where our attitude comes in. Verse 19, we see two contrasting attitudes, 19 and 20. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land, but... If you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So we see attitude is critical to where we end up. Attitude is critical. If you have the right attitude, if you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. But if you have a bad attitude, you're going to rebel against God. You're going to be devoured with the sword. So attitude is critical to our destiny. It determines if we're going to go up or we're going to go down. Now, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, and it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is a principle that God has established as we think, because what determines who we are? It's what we think. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you can see where attitude 
determines where we end up. And then if you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, we see a similar thought. In chapter 4 of Proverbs, in verse 23, we're told to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So it's critical how you think. It determines where you are going to end up. Out of the heart are the issues of life, so we need to keep our heart, and that word needs to guard your heart. We need to keep things coming into our mind that are only positive and uplifting and try to keep out the negativity that's prevalent in our world. And so attitude determines the altitude that we are going to attain to. I have a quote here from the Spirit of Prophecy. I hope you all open the Spirit of Prophecy on a regular basis. You'll be nothing but enriched and blessed. She says here, heavenly intelligences are waiting to cooperate with human beings that they may reveal to the world what human beings may become through union with the divine. God is waiting for us to cooperate with him. God wants to save everybody, but not everybody's going to be saved because they, he needs our cooperation. He needs us to have a right attitude. He's waiting to reveal to the world what we may become through union with him. Through the grace given us, we may achieve victories that because of our defects of characters, our smallness of faith have seemed impossible. Should I read that again? Through the grace given us, we may achieve victories that because of our defects of character and our smallness of faith have seemed impossible. But what does God say? There's nothing too hard for God, right? There's nothing. So he needs us to have the right attitude in order to give us victories that have seemed impossible to us. And I know... We all have need victories that have seemed impossible to us. I've heard you all speaking this morning, situations that seem impossible to a human viewpoint. But when we cooperate with God, when we have the right attitude, when we come to God with the right attitude and cooperate with him, watch what he can do. You know, I, we used to have a minister who liked to say this all the time. He said, human beings can do difficult things, but only God can do impossible things. And it's true. We, human beings can do a lot of amazing things. You look around in the world, it's just amazing what man has accomplished. But with God, you can only do impossible things. So I'd like to share with you three instances in the Bible where Men had the right attitude, and because of that, they soared in, the, in a manner for God. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 14, and we're going to be introduced to Jonathan, the son of Saul. In, in this situation, 
the uh, Philistines have invaded the countryside. The army has disbanded. They're all hiding in holes into the ground. They're fearful of the Philistines. They have no weapons to fight back. They all had a bad attitude, didn't they? Here they were, God's people, but they're fearful of the Philistines. They're hiding in holes in the rocks. They, they had a bad attitude. They forgot that God was their God. He was on their side. He brought them into this land. He led them out of Egypt in a miraculous manner. And here they are. They're hiding from the Philistines of all people. But one man had a good attitude, and here's Jonathan. We'll pick this up in and verse 1. He says, Now it came to pass on a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man that bore his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. So he's not afraid of these Philistines. Let's go over there and see these Philistines. Let's go, let's go over there and see what they're all about. Verse 6. And Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armor, Come and let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Wow, what an attitude. He's not afraid of these uncircumcised Philistines. He has God on his side. He has the right attitude. And so they go over and... Let's read uh, down from verse 12 down. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and the armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Wow, they haven't even met, met him yet. But he's got the victory already in his pocket. Do we think that way? Do you think, do you know that God's by your side and he's going to deliver you from these uncircumcised Philistines out there? This is the attitude we need if we're going to soar. Verse 13, Jonathan climbed up on his hands, on his feet, and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. Verse 14, and that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men. And verse 15, and there was trembling in the host of the field. The Philistines were shaken up now. They don't know what's going on. There was trembling in the field among all the people. The garrison, the spoilers, they also trembled. And the earthquake. So it was a very great trembling. Wow. See what a, see what a right attitude will develop in us? It says here, the action of Jonathan was not done in human rashness. He depended not on what he and his armor bearer could do. He was the instrument that God used in behalf of his people. They went forward saying, it may be that the Lord will work for us. It may be. And that's the kind of attitude we need. And brothers and sisters, look at the world we live in. Are, are you people aware of the world we live in? You know, it's getting to be just like in the days of Noah. Every thought was only evil continually. It's everywhere. It's evil. We, you know, we, are, we often talk about it. We've been reading about all this stuff for a long time. Orville, you've been in the church a long time. A lot of us have been reading about it. But brothers and sisters, we are on the verge of the time of trouble, such as never was. How are we going to get through it? 
with God by our side, with the right attitude. Like Jonathan said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. There's no restraint for the Lord. And the earth trembled, and look what happened. They overturned this big, huge garrison. So with the right attitude, look at what's possible. Turn with me now to Numbers chapter 13. We'll see another instance where attitude played the whole difference. This is a setting of uh, when they're on the borders of the promised land and they want to spy out the land and they send the 12 spies into the land. And they return from searching out the land. This is in chapter 13 of Numbers, verse 25. They returned from searching out the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation of the children, unto the wilderness, and brought back word to them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land where you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Remember, they were carrying a cluster of grapes. Remember? Two men it took to carry a cluster of grapes. Wow. Wouldn't you love those growing in your vineyard? <laughs> wow. So it sounds good, right? Their attitude sounds good. Verse 28, though. There it is. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, when you see that word, or but, you know what it means? It's changing the whole course of the thing. Nevertheless, he said, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, the giants. Look how their attitude changed. The Amalekites dwell in the land. The Hittites, Jebusites, all these people, they dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Verse 30. There's one, hopefully, you know, you know, this is how it always is. You know, in the majority there, it's always going to go the, the wrong way. But they, always in the minority, there's, there's somebody. Right, Arvo? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're going to be that minority. Oh, Caleb, he stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Wow. What an attitude. Do we have that kind of attitude? That's the kind of attitude we're going to need to get through this time of trouble with God. We are well able to overcome it. Because he knew who was by his side, right? He knew God was there. It was Caleb's faith that gave him courage, that kept him from the fear of man, and enabled him to stand boldly and unflinchingly. You know what that word means? means without turning, you know, you're just, you're just focused straight ahead. You're not going to move one way or the other. Through reliance on the same power, every true soldier of the cross may receive strength and courage to overcome the obstacles that seem insurmountable. Insurmountable. When you look at this world, you know, you know, at some point, Sabbath keepers are going to be having the whole wrath of the world brought down upon them. Because, you know, they're, you're going to be pictured as the troublers who are making this whole world, this whole mess of a world going crazy. How are you going to stand through it all? You have to have the right attitude. Caleb had it. He stood unflinchingly and boldly for God because he knew God was by his side. 
And that's the only way we're going to get through it ourselves. Jeremiah 32, verse 27, what does it say? Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for God? Is that our attitude? It should be our attitude. If it is, we're going to be like Caleb and like Joshua, and we're going to inherit the land. Chapter 14, just turn over. In verse 24, 23 and 24, God is speaking here to Moses. He says, surely they shall not see the land, the ones with the bad attitude. They shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it because of their bad attitude. They didn't have faith in God. But, he said, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land where into he went, and his seed shall possess it. Important attitude. Caleb had the right attitude. The rest of the spies didn't. And if you drop down to verse 37, it says, even those men that bring up the evil report upon the land, they died by the plague before the Lord. Again, this is what happens. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the fruit of the land, but if you're rebellious and disobedient, you're going to be devoured by the sword. And it's our choice. We can choose whichever way we want to go. Our final um, passage will be in 1 Samuel, back to 1 Samuel, chapter 17. Very familiar to us all, the story of David and Goliath. And here we see again, you know, the attitude played, made all the difference in the world. Goliath comes out, challenges all the children of Israel, the armies of Israel, and they all flee away. This big, giant guy, this, he's 10 feet tall, right? Something like 10 feet tall, big, big, big guy. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him, and they were afraid, it says. They were petrified. And why? They were God's children. Supposedly, they were God's children. But without the right attitude, they weren't. And this is where attitude comes in. So David shows up and he says in verse 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him, I smote him, delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Can you imagine grabbing a, a bear or a lion by the cheek and killing him? This is a tough guy, isn't he? 36 and 37. Your servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Wow, what an attitude. What an attitude. And you know, see how important it is to remember how God led you in the past? We have nothing to fear for the future except how we forget how God led us in the past. Except. 
It's important to remember these things. Like Barb said, she's writing them all down. It's important. You go back, you know, women go to the beauticians to get a face facelift. We go to our book to get a faith lift. <laughs> it's important. You know, I mean, you know, the world's getting darker and darker. God's presence is being withdrawn from this world, and it's only getting darker and darker. How are you going to get through it except you have a right attitude? It's crucial. As a man thinks, so is he. So David says, hey, I'll go fight this big, uncircumcised Philistine. Who's he? I got God on my side. He's just an uncircumcised Philistine. And, you know, we need the same attitude when we go about our giants out there. Uncircumcised Philistines. We have God on our side. I killed a bear and a lion with my bare hands. This guy, he's, he's nothing. He's nothing. Ciao. Verse 45, then said David to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Wow, what language. You can imagine going up against a big 10-foot guy with a sword and a spear, and yours as a little kid, and you're going to talk like that to him? You need a good attitude to do that. He continues, verse 46, This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. Wow, that's positive, isn't it? Do you believe God is going to do what he's, gonna, what he's promised to do for you? David did. He knows God. He, he was there when he killed the bear and the lion. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from you. I will give the carcasses this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Wow. That's what God wants to use us for, right? To tell the world there's a God out there. There's a God in Israel working through us. Verse 47, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Wow. What an attitude. And we know the rest of the story. The stone hit the mark perfectly where it was supposed to. Goliath went down. David chopped his head off. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. <laughs> and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. No physical sword, but there was the sword of the spirit in his hand. Because he had this right attitude. It says here there was a ring of fearlessness in his tone when he spoke those words. He was totally committed to God. He knew God was by his side. He had that right attitude. There was a look of triumph and a rejoicing on his face. Do we have that look knowing that God is by our side? That's the kind of attitude we need to prevail. In Zechariah Chapter 12 and verse 8, it says, In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them shall be as David, and the house of David will be as God. You see what happens when you have the right attitude? You might think you're feeble by yourself, but when you know God is by your side, you're going to be just like David, a 
whatever Goliath out there might be threatening you or troubling you, you fling that stone at him and he's going down. He's going down. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to read verses 29 to 31, Isaiah chapter 40. It says, he gives power to the faint, talking about God. He gives power to the faint, and them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Not faint. Ever seen an eagle out soaring? Ever seen him way, way, way up just beyond your vision? How'd he get up there? He stuck his wings out. He stuck his wings out. He had the right attitude. He caught the thermal hot air rising. And he just went up as like an eagle soaring. And that's what God will do for us if we have the right attitude. If we have the right attitude. We need to have far less confidence in what man can do and far more confidence in what God can do for every believing soul. Every believing soul. Do you have more confidence in what God can do for you than in what you can do for yourself? We must have that. God longs to have you expect great things from him. God longs to have you expect great things from him. Do you expect great things from God? That's the right attitude. God, God has promised us all these things. Is he, is he pulling our leg? Is he lying to us? No, he's not. He's not. God is faithful. But it can only work when we're faithful back to God. She says here, talk and act as if your faith was invincible. Invincible. What does it mean to be invincible? In incapable of being conquered. Talk and act as if your faith is invincible. Is your faith invincible? It's all for our cho choosing. Here's a recipe for failure. This comes from the spirit of prophecy. And I'm sorry, I don't have the reference for this. You'll have to look it up yourself. But it, and it's easy to remember. It goes by three letters, T-A-Q. This is a recipe for failure. We think too small, we aim too low, and we quit too soon. Amen. Got it? T-A-Q. You, we think too small. We think, whoa, you know, God really didn't say that. We aim too low. Well, God said I couldn't really knock down Goliath. And we quit too soon. I'm getting out of here. This Goliath, he's, he's too big. T-A-Q, recipe for failure. Okay, Isaiah 41, while we're right here, verse 10. We're going to wrap it up here. God says in verse 10, fear thou not. For I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I am your God. 
I will strengthen you, yea, I will help you, yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Wow. Now, when we believe that unflinchingly and boldly like Caleb did, watch what God will do for you in your lives, unflinchingly and boldly. When we are hedged about on every side, this is the time above all others to trust in God and the power of his spirit. The exercise of a living faith means an increase of spiritual strength and the development of an unfaltering trust. What does it mean to be unfaltering? It doesn't give up. And that's what God wants us to have, an unfaltering trust in him, a trust in him that we're going to turn to him as naturally as the flower turns to the sun in every situation. It is this, this development of an unfaltering trust that, that makes the soul a conquering power, a conquering power. And that's what God wants his people to be. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He wants us to be above and not beneath. But it depends on our attitude, whether or not we achieve that. Our last scripture is in the book of Zechariah, in chapter 4. Zechariah, chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 6 and 7. And then he answered, and he spoke to me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Now, you can put your name in there, because Zerubbabel was just another child of God. Saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In verse 7, he says to them, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. The mountain is going to be flattened down like a plain, because he has the right attitude. He has God on his side. With God... All things are possible. <clears throat> and he shall bring forth a headstone with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Verse 8, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. Again, with the right attitude, Whatever mountain is in your pathway, it's going to become a plain because God is by your side. You know he's by your side, and you're calling on him to help you. So brothers and sisters, attitude is altitude. Whether we are up high or we're down low, it all depends on our choice. God said, I'm there with you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to hold you up. If you believe it, you're going to soar like an eagle. If you don't, you're not going to be up there.